you're listening to Drum Sex. And before we help you have the best sex of your life, we must remind you that some episodes of this podcast do include mature themes. So if you're cool with that, we're happy to have you here. Welcome back to Drum Sex, the podcast where we help you have the best, healthiest and most enjoyable sex of your life. In case you haven't listened to our previous episode, this season we're focusing on reproductive health and wellness. We're discussing menstruation, contraceptives, giving birth or choosing to have an abortion. Today's episode is all about the medical process of getting an abortion. And we're joined by abortionist and clinical quality and data manager at Mary Stoops, Boitumelo Liwele. She'll be telling us all about the process of getting a legal abortion and what a person wishing to get the procedure done can expect. So um, my name is Boitumelo Liwele and um, Currently, I'm working at Marysville, South Africa, um, the country's clinical manager. I work in the clinical governance and data management portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, also, from time to time, I do go into the centers that we have, and I also do provide services. So I also, so I also am an abortionist. Um, you know, um, as I said, I'm a professional nurse, um, and that's more or less what I do at Marysville. So, so having been in this industry for so long now, what are some of the misconceptions you found that people have about abortions? Mm. Um, you know, Pam, I would like to start off by saying that um, the reason, my, in my opinion, I think the reason why we have so many misconceptions before I touched on to some of the most common ones that I've experienced, I think it's because people have that uh, misconception that an abortion is not a medical procedure. And in, in actual fact, it is. It's a medical procedure that is backed by evidence-based research. Mm. Um, and now come other misconceptions. Uh, I, I think also we know that abortions, is, it's, it's happening. It's the services we know are, are available, maybe not at the scale that we would like them to be. But another misconception is that people think that it's illegal to have an abortion, yeah. of which it's not. Mm. Uh, and then when you come into contact with women, you know, you start to begin that also in our communities, we have this misconception around uh, abortion that, you know, abortion is going to lead to infertility. After having an abortion, I won't be able to have a child, um, you know, and then when we also start talking in terms of, you know, surgical termination of pregnancy process, uh, women start to have this misconception that, you know, when you undergo the surgical procedure, you're going to, they're going to use scissors, they're going to cut your womb and all of those things, of which those are, are, are misconceptions that are further uh, creating that obstacle that, you know, in terms of us having women of reproductive age to come and access safe uh, services. Exactly. And and before this, um, when we were putting this podcast together, we sent out questions mm. to our readers. And so many questions around abortion were, can I have a child after I have an abortion? And some were even going into, you know, um, you know, how does how does having an abortion affect my sexuality um i think someone asked Mm. you know can me me having an abortion affect you know my sexual relationship with my partner and all of those things so there are definitely 
um, a lot of misconceptions and a lot of misinformation out there. Um, so mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that just based off, you know, the kind of questions that we did get, you know, and just moving mm-hmm. on, you know, we, we know that having an abortion, you know, most of the time won't affect your chances um, of having a child in the future. So what are the risks involved with getting an abortion? Yeah, um, because an abortion, you know, is a is a medical process. It does have risks like any other procedure that any person would need to undergo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important for us to, to 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 emphasize that if women access safe and accredited service providers like Mary Stokes, um, where you know abortion is offered in terms of pre-abortion, the abortion process and post-abortion care, then obviously that minimizes the risks. However, the most common um, risks that we do find in terms of uh, abortion, it's the risk of infection. Remember when you are, for example, in the context of a surgical procedure, we do use instruments. Obviously, those instruments are sterilized. They ensure that to minimize um, any chances of infection, but they, there is a risk of infection. Um, there is a risk of, you know, heavy bleeding um, because some of the pregnancies, you know, they are advanced. So obviously the bleeding is going to be, uh, you know, there is a risk of ex- extensive um, bleeding. Um, there's also cases I, even women, when women access places like Maria Stokes, um, you know, they still find that, okay, for some underlying reason that, you know, medical research has not identified, um, the process, unfortunately, is incomplete or has failed. And then there's also that, that need, you know, now for further um, interventions that need to be put in place as part of a care plan for the particular woman. Um, what I was saying is that it's very important also now the issue of accessing safe and accredited um, service providers of termination of pregnancy because then it gives women the opportunity to go back to the particular uh, provider so that they're able to get follow-up care because remember a risk is something that is there we it's it's expected that it can happen however we do not want it to happen and the reason why I think also the issue of risks is so big, it's because um, most of the time, unfortunately, we see that women go to illegal and uncredited providers where mm-hmm. even when it's something that goes on, whether it's expected or unexpected, they do not have that opportunity to get the appropriate medical interventions that is critical to sustain their holistic well-being. Mm, definitely. And... Um, my next question would be at how many weeks is it too dangerous or not recommended to have an abortion? Because I think when people think about the risks of having an abortion, um, a lot of medical experts say, you know, the longer you wait, the riskier it is. Is there any truth to that? Mm-hmm. So let me first start by saying that I think we need to uh, comment the legislation of South Africa because that is actually what uh, governs us in terms of um, the, how far in a pregnancy are we able to uh, to provide the safe termination of pregnancy service. So um, instantly, our initially what happened was that our legislation said that we could provide uh, safe abortion care up until the gestation of 20 weeks. Uh, but recently there had, has been an amendment which now at least allows us to provide uh, termination of pregnancy up till 20 weeks, six days. Mm. 
And and yes. you, you you mentioned um, a medical abortion and a surgical one. Um, could you yes. please explain the difference between the two, um, and and what the process looks like for someone who is coming in for either one? Either okay. So with the medical process, how we usually explain it uh, to women is that. This is a process whereby you would take medication, right? Um, and as a result of taking those medication, what it would do, it mimics almost like a heavy period with um, with, with bleeding. Um, so ideally women, uh, what usually happens is that women will take one pill, um, let's say for example, they take it now and then 24 to 48 hours later, they would take a certain set of pill. And then within approximately four hours of taking the second set of pill, we expect that a woman is going to start to go into the process now of the termination where, like I said, it's characterized by heavy bleeding and some cramp. Um, and also obviously with that, we do the, 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 the with the medical process, we, it needs to be, uh, pain management needs to be provided obviously to ensure that you know the woman is comfortable comfortable as comfortable as she can be in that process um and then with the surgical uh process um i think also the word surgical <laughs> it's one of the reasons i think that you know frightens women because like i said going back not to that misconception they think that we're going to cut the uterus no and that's not the case yeah. usually what happens is invasive i don't want to undermine that element of it however um, what we usually say to women is that we use the same instrument that you would uh, you would be used on you if you had to go for a pap smear, which is a cervical smear, um, which allows us to visualize the opening of the uterus, right? Um, and then obviously we use uh, our specialized um, in instruments then to do a surgical procedure and to expel the pregnancy. Um, but I think a lot of work still has to be done in terms of we as medical uh, people how best can we try to you know explain these processes in a way that would not scare women from it um and that's also where the issue of counseling becomes very important um, um with our women in terms of reassuring them whether they're going to have a medical process or they're going to have a surgical process but more or less that's how it, it is done the one includes pills where the body works to expel the pregnancy and then the surgical, we do use surgical instruments um, to assist the body to expel the pregnancy. Mm, and I'm so glad that you mentioned counseling because I think for a lot of people, it can be a scary experience. Um, mm. I'd almost liken it to to going into hospital for any type of procedure. It, it is uh, very scary because you don't know what to expect. So, um, yeah. Do, do you offer counseling before and after the procedure and what does that entail? Yeah, so we do offer counseling. Um, part of uh, a woman, part of the consultation of a woman wanting to have a termination of pregnancy, um, counseling is mandatory. So when we counsel you, we counsel you on we, we want to know you as a person in terms of your medical standing. So we need to understand do you have any medical history that we need to note? You know, we uh, we will go as far as your contraceptive use in the past. You know, are you going to be considering to take contraceptive after the process? If you are, we explain, 
you know, the, the contraceptive methods that are there for you. And then depending on how far, you know, in your pregnancy you are, and then we tell you your options, whether you qualify for a medical or a surgical procedure. And then we're also going to detail to explain the risks that come with either of those options um, and also what to expect. Um, and we also go into detail as to uh, providing, you know, what what is it that you can expect. We have booklets that we give the women what to expect. We also orientate them before the termination of pregnancy uh, process. We orientate them on our, our, our after hours, after care line um, that we have, um, you know, which is a support line where women can call at any time and to ask questions or if they need just to get the assurance. So we, 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 the counseling, the pre-counseling, our main focus is to reassure the client um, to make sure that they do understand that we are there to support them um, and also to give them an overview of what to expect. Because in my opinion, once you have given a woman that she, um, I think somehow she feels uh, more relaxed and because she knows what to expect, it also uh, decreases any level of anxiety that she may be experiencing. Um, and then also because of the nature of termination of pregnancy and you know the choice around it, um, as Marie Stokes, we also do not undermine how, you know, sometimes some women say, you know, this is a difficult um, decision for me to make. And I feel that I still need that mental support even after the process, you know, has happened. Um, and that's where now our post-counseling comes in, where we do uh, refer our women to FAMSA, um, which is an accredited, um, you know, psychologist and therapy uh, services that is there, where they can then speak to a specialist at a much greater level. Um, you know, because remember, when you are dealing with a woman, it's not just about her sexual reproductive health. But now we, we need to look at her holistically, that emotionally and psychologically, she, we need to maintain her well-being. Um, and if we do identify the need or the woman also is, you know, she's courageous enough to, 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 to say it, um, we then refer them appropriately. A lot of, a lot of people don't know that or, or don't know if they can get an abortion done without their partners um mm-hmm. having a say too so do you mind mm-hmm. clearing that up can a, a person who wants to have an abortion come in and get the abortion done without their partners having a say at all mm-hmm. um definitely you know i think there is a big thing um in terms of advocacy around sexual reproductive health to say my body my choice right um i think in terms of partner discussion that would be a personal a preference in terms of an individual if they want to discuss the decision with their partner. But even the Act of South Africa that governs termination of pregnancy states that the only person that is needed to consent for a termination of pregnancy or an abortion, it is the woman that is pregnant themselves. I'll give you just a, an example that maybe is deviating from the question, um, but that also deals with in terms of consent. Mm-hmm. Um, the that a female of reproductive age, it does not even give a limitation in terms of the age of that female. So if you are a female, you you know, you have decided, you've made the choice 
to have a termination of pregnancy, it is only your consent that matters. And then it is very critical then in terms of then us as service providers of this uh, medical process to ensure that we do give the support that is necessary. But really, <laughs> partners don't really have the say. It is the woman. It is my body. It is my choice. Love that. Um, and, and, you know, not all women um, have access, although abortion is, is legal in SA, not all women have access to clinics such as Mary Stoops. And so many women have spoken about being shamed at public hospitals for wanting an abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As, as an abortionist, even outside of, you know, the company that you work for, how, how do you think we can begin to change this? Mm. You know, it's so difficult uh, because, Pam, I think you also mentioned it when you introduced, um, you know, our discussion for today where you spoke about stigma. Mm -hmm. You know, um, stigma is so interconnected to shame. And in my opinion, the way that we can redress and address this issue is if we have constant platforms like the ones that you've provided today, where we are engaging Um, with the communities where we are educating them that first of all, an abortion is legal. Second of all, an abortion is a constitutional sexual reproductive right of every woman of reproductive age, but also going into our public hospitals and going into even private ones, because maybe it's just that public hospitals are in the eye. That's why, um, you know, stigma and shame is spoken widely about, but what if even in the private sector, such shame and stigma still exists, we need to go there and and redress the ideologies of people that, you know, are are trained and are able to be trained and equipped to provide these services, such as things like values clarification. Um, But I think my main believe is that the more we talk and educate community members about the legal standing and the constitutional right that uh, um, you know abortion services fall under i think the more we're going to have people that are more open-minded um, and then they'll also be able to want to find out more about you know how does it work will i be impacted and then we are also then able to readdress the misconceptions that they would have um in terms of and and i think that is that is going to be the most critical and first step in us to readdress the shame and the stigma that we have in our communities in our you know healthcare facilities and with health healthcare providers as well Deciding to have an abortion can be a difficult decision for many pregnant people. What this conversation with Boitumelo has taught me is that where there is silence, misinformation abounds. It is legal to have an abortion. It is allowed at public hospitals and private ones like Marie Stoops. No one can prevent you from making a choice about your body or your decision to become a parent or not. Do your research, speak to a healthcare provider and make informed decisions about your health. And that's it for today's episode. This podcast was produced by me, Pam Makwaz, and a special thanks to Boyd Dumelo and Mary Stoops for joining and sharing with us. Thank you for listening and remember to take care of yourself and always practice safe and consensual sex. From me, Pam, take care and see you next time.